0: Hello, everyone. We're talking with Shannon Noonan, who is the founder and CEO of High Noon Consulting. Hi, Shannon.
1: Hi there. So uh,
0: it'll be interesting to hear your perspective after being through so many aspects in your career where you have grown and developed and, and started a company of your own in terms of your background. Right. So, so where do you grow up? And, and not only that from a geographic perspective, but how did that upbringing help you to become who you are? And, and build and, and develop your character uh, from th- that perspective. So uh, when you think about your upbringing, what are some of the things about that that influenced you to become who you are today?
1: That's a great question. Uh, where I came from, I'm actually a military brat. So I've lived all over the world. Um, I grew up, I went to many different schools uh, just because of the nature of the military background, but I was also surrounded by IT. So I had two Mm -hmm. parents that were very involved in the IT world, and they weren't afraid to tell us at the table what they were doing. And Mm -hmm. we may not have understood it, but they did explain it. So through my career and my life, I've had experience with many different cultures, many different experiences, many different organizations, as well as um, different topics at the table that no one was afraid to tell us. Mm -hmm.
0: And and I think that's important because when it comes to IT and cybersecurity and and risk in general is that things are always changing and you need to be on the lookout for what's happening and don't just get complacent Mm -hmm. or just talk about what's comfortable, but you have to have some uncomfortable conversations about things that you may not be prepared for, and so on. So with that in mind, how about we talk a bit about risks and threats and, and vulnerabilities and, and things like that that are happening in that technology space that auditors and IT and compliance-minded professionals should be on the lookout for. So we see things happening all the time. The news is, is, is loaded with a lot of those things. What are some of the top things, let's call it three, uh, that, that you are watching that you think we should be watching as well?
1: so uh, from a a risk standpoint i'm always looking at what's the risk to the business what's the impact to the business so depending on the environment i am in the risk may change so Mm -hmm. if we're in an older environment and i'm working with an as-400 and yes i did say as-400 (laughs) because that is still around um i I have to look at the risk to those types of systems and the individuals using them Mm -hmm. and nothing against any of the individuals using them but they're a little bit older so mm-hmm. what type of education and training do they need based off of the technology they're working on versus someone that's new into the environment that is building something that's automated or AI? What are we looking at for the risks for them? Right. Because your risk is a little different in the sense of what's going to impact you and what's going to take down your environment.
0: hmm. So, so adapting uh, your, your, um, your viewpoint based on what the client is, is in need of. Correct. So, so there's a lot of variability there, I imagining also from a domestic versus international perspective yes. as well. So uh, when we're thinking in terms of uh, the reviews that auditors perform, right, what are some of the things that auditors don't get? And I'll just give you one thought from my perspective, and that is sometimes we gravitate naturally towards the accounting, finance, financial reporting, right? Mm-hmm and i think that we we have a lot of blinders because of that so having had your background and your experience how can auditors right on the on the business side be better at looking out for the technological weak sides of the organization because there's a lot there
1: no there is but it's also getting auditors to think outside of the sarbanes-oxley world uh-huh. sarbanes-oxley is a great baseline for every organization but the focus for sarbanes-oxley is what is a materiality application? What about the rest of the environment? Mm-hmm. What about everything else? So internal auditors should be asking the question. We are highly focused over here, but what's over there that we're not asking, right? Mm-hmm. A great example, right? And I don't know if internal audit found this, but Target had an impact because someone we went through the HVAC system. Mm-hmm. Nobody was looking at the HVAC system. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? It's, it's part of the company. It's part of the organization. Why are we not looking at that piece of it? Well, maybe it was not part of some significant compliance requirement. Mm-hmm. So we've got to look at it from that standpoint. Internal audit should be asking the questions that individuals don't necessarily ask. They should be going and saying, hey, what about this stuff over here versus what we always constantly look at? Now, that also comes into budget and timing because priority is usually regulatory items. But we should always take into account those little pieces. Let's look outside the box.
0: So so what I'm hearing is the importance of creativity, innovation, brainstorming. Yes. Right. Because quite often what people do is they default to checklists or some kind of a work program that they have someone created for them or that was already in existence. Maybe they kind of brush it off a little bit. But what you're saying is that it's a a deeper emphasis on brainstorming. Okay. so building on what you said earlier, this is their organization. This is the environment in which it operates. And now what could be happening here? And and really understand what a risk assessment is about and Mm -hmm. and how we need to really invest in it. Do, Do you see that as something from uh, number one, training, right? Most people will default to training, but I would imagine that workplace dynamics, right? How that unit works can also be benefited or helped by the management team helping drive that mindset. Do you have any thoughts about that?
1: It's learning how to communicate and prioritize, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're not a priority and you don't know how to communicate that priority, it's never going to get done. Mm -hmm. So we've got to figure out how to communicate and prioritize in the sense of a business need. And I always bring it back to the business need because at the end of the day, what drives any business is business growth. Well, you need mm-hmm. to talk about that language. So you can still do your security. You can still do your internal audit. You can still do all your compliance requirements, but bring it into the business need. So I need to look at this environment because it's holding IP. IP is not looked at for any federal requirement, any SOX mm-hmm. requirement, any HIPAA requirement, because it's the IP of the company. Only person that's responsible for securing it is yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So who, who should be looking at that? Well, I would be asking those questions and maybe the head of internal, and, you, and if it's an individual that's saying, hey, I see something over here that's part of the internal team," so bring it to your head of your internal audit and say, hey, I, I don't want an I got you moment, but I'm curious. We haven't looked at this environment. It has key information to the company, mm-hmm. not just key information to people and, and uh, regulatory requirements.
0: So, so a lot of it has to do with creating an environment that's safe for people to think about yes. and question things. Correct. Right. OK. Uh, now, in terms of communications, let's continue uh, on that vein then, because communication, I, I've always believed this is a very important aspect of, of what we do, not only in terms of how we communicate the results of our work. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where people default quite often, writing reports. And so, but at the front end. Right, when you get to the planning phase and even to the risk assessment phase when you're thinking in terms of well, what's significant and what isn't. Right. So you, you just mentioned in terms of the IP, for example, and you mentioned earlier with Target and how that vendor relationship, right? That was the, the weak link uh, as far as the organization goes and how they were able to infiltrate the organization. So what other things do you see in terms of, for example, uh, how we, we're having all these conversations around AI, we're having these conversations about uh, robotic process automation. Uh, do you see auditors ready to look at some of these uh, emerging subjects or you think that we're still a little bit behind and we need to really speed up our
1: pace to catch up? I think you've got a few individuals that could definitely dive in because they're able to look outside the box and they're not trained to just be regimented people to check the the box, right? They Mm -hmm. go in with their standard template, they test you need to be able to go into an environment and understand that it's new and you have to identify the new risks. You have to identify the new testing templates and you have to identify what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can baseline it off of a framework as you're guiding light, but you can't be afraid to just ask the questions and create your own path. Right. And you don't want to just go into the weeds either Mm -hmm. because that that can cause chaos, but you want to make sure you're asking the right questions and there might be stuff that you have to table for another conversation. Mm -hmm. But how do you, you keep the conversation going so that you're asking the right items, communicating the right message, but also addressing the risk?
0: Yeah. So, so that's a lot of communication within the team, but also with the parties outside the organization at large who are you uh, a cybersecurity group will come to mind very readily. But uh, in your experience, what are some of those experiences working with different stakeholders so that they understand where we're coming from? In how we can improve that communication and collaboration with them. Because part of it is, you know, the, the old standard of the auditors are coming, everybody run for the hills. We don't want that, and it's, it's not healthy for anybody, not productive for anybody. So trying to reframe that relationship, what are some of the ways that you have done that?
1: How I've done it in, in different organizations is figuring out how to partner with them. Internal audit is definitely a very difficult department Mm -hmm. because they're always looked at the bad guys they're looking at the ones that i've got you and that's not really what they're they're there they're actually there to identify it before someone outside the organization finds it Mm -hmm. so whether it's a hacker that's hacked into the organization you want to them to find it before that hacker finds that loophole or your external auditors or your external testers you want internal audit to find it why because you can remediate it and it's found before any external component founded so if you have that piece going on well then you as a company can grow in a better situation so if you look at it from the perspective that yes internal audit has to have an independent aspect to the company but they're there to help the company instead of hinder it because if they find it first we fix it Mm-hmm. And it's not public knowledge. If someone outside the company finds it, it just became public knowledge.
0: Right. Exactly. Very good point. Well, uh, let's take a quick break because I would like to come back and talk a bit more about your experiences and leverage the wealth of knowledge that you have and experience you've acquired over the years and talk some more about that. But let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and continue our conversation.
1: Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info.
0: We are continuing our conversation with Shannon Noonan, CEO and founder of High Noon Consulting. Uh, Shannon, as we're thinking about your experience, and you have been doing this for a long time, uh, you have quite a lot of experience and you've worked on many projects. I will imagine that along the way, you have some projects that are memorable. So which one comes to mind and why?
1: So I, just like you said, I've worked at many, many companies. Um, I, I, I've i worked as a consultant. So just in general, you've looked at different organizations. I've also run organizations uh, and teams. Uh, what comes to mind is early in my career. I was running an internal audit department for a startup company. They were privately owned and it was the first time they had ever had internal audit. So it was new yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. So there was training on lots of levels in the sense of training them how to go through an internal audit, training them on not crying. And I shouldn't say crying, but going through the pains mm-hmm. of seeing an issue because you had to teach them not to just do the blame game. It's not about blaming somebody. Right. It's about fixing it. Uh, and then it going helping them grow so as an internal audit you're supposed to have an independence well at a private company there is no independence because they don't have to maintain it mm-hmm. so uh, i had audited a product line and it was a fascinating product line in the telecom industry and the CEO came to me and goes now fix them because they didn't have anyone else to fix them mm-hmm. which is an interesting aspect because internal auditors aren't known for fixing you're you recommend at a general level. You don't necessarily give specifics. right? So it, allo- it allowed me to grow in a different aspect, which is actually probably why I'm in the situation I am in now as a career person. But I, I was told to fix the 35 issues I found, as well as doing the internal audits I'm also doing. So mm-hmm. I had to work with the sales team. I had to work with the product development team. I had to work with the finance team. Mm-hmm. I had to work with the COO, the CFO, the CIO, because I went from, I, I had to revamp the whole product line. Everything from negotiating contract rates, which I had never done before. So I was calling mm-hmm. in negotiating contract wow. rates with the vendors. I was identifying the pricing that we had to go out to the customer and revamping it there because they didn't have a real process there. I was streamlining the process of taking orders and where to enter it because they were putting it initially in an Excel spreadsheet. And we're talking, this is 12 years ago. So mm-hmm. the systems were there, but they didn't have a system for the specific product line. So mm-hmm. I then had to work with IT to develop a system. So I, I just hit every different aspect of the company and I got to see it in a bigger light than just me coming in and reviewing what they did. I get to actually step into their shoes, mm-hmm. which, allowed me to grow as an individual because now I'm not just the person coming in and telling them what to do. I'm the person, all right, I need to collaborate with you because you do have a job. You are very passionate about it. And I shouldn't just be poking holes in what you do. Right. But I should, as a person, figure out, okay, yes, I found an issue. Let's make this Make sure it's accurate. Right. And then figure out how to align it with what you're doing day to day to enhance it or improve it. So I didn't look at it as issues. I looked at it as ways to improve your process. And that's a thin line because internal audit is really about issues, risk, and recommendations. Right. But how do you look at it from the different perspective? It's not necessarily an issue. Now let's talk to management about it's enhancing the process, it's enhancing productivity, it's just making it a better all around.
0: And and what you describe is an interesting dynamic because quite often what we find is that, uh, and and not not widely everywhere all the time, but many auditors, perhaps they're coming straight from college and they go straight into audit, uh, whether it is internal audit or external audit or something like it, but they don't have business experience. Correct. And, and, And while there are some benefits to it there are some limitations to it. And part of it has to do with the fact that they don't understand how the work is actually done on the other side, except for what they're either being told or what they're reading policy and procedures. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, that's a great insight. So I, I will imagine that uh, for managers and, and, and leaders in internal audit who are listening to us, they can take away that it might be a very good thing to consider if you haven't yet implementing our rotation program. Yes. For auditors to go into the business, spend some time there. And I've seen it anywhere from six months to two years and spend time just seeing how the work gets done. Now, the other thing that I take away from your story has to do with the consulting mindset, which is not just come in, write down a list of problems and then Mm -hmm. say, good luck to you. I will see you next year or the year after that. Right. But rather, again, we have independence and we're not going to go down too deep into that <laughs> conversation there. We have to acknowledge it, though, but we don't need to, to, to chase it. But it, it is an important thing to consider as well from a consultative perspective that the business has needs. Who can do it? And one of the first things you said was there is no one else who can do this. We need it done do it. So again, every organization is different and we need to be mindful about that. but with with the main takeaway I, I took from that was the fact that we are part of the organization looking for its best interest and success. Correct. How can we do that? And then the third thing is don't be afraid to say, okay, I'll take it on and I'll do it. (laughs) Uh, So I think that's commendable on your part. So when it comes to to skills, uh, we spoke about uh, what we need to know about and what we need to do. What are some of the other competencies and skills that you believe auditors should also uh, look into? And what are the different uh, ways that they can acquire it? Some of it will be practical, some of it might be classroom, but what are some of the skills and competencies that you believe are key?
1: Oh, That's a great question. So it just really depends on what you want to get into. So if you're an internal auditor that wants to do finance and accounting, and business audits, right, you you need to learn more about business structure, what it means to run a business, and how business day to day function is. If you want to get into the IT, it's really starting to learn the IT pieces. And, and what I mean by that is Do you need to learn about the cloud? Do you need to learn about an operating system and database? Which some people actually to this day, I run into auditors, have no idea what an operating system and database is, which it's not far from because everything's in the cloud. So you get auditors that have only ever audited an environment that has only ever been in the cloud, that has nothing Mm on-prem. So if you don't have any on-premise data centers or facilities, they don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. So, it, But it's it goes back to the point, well, you should know what that is. You should know what that cloud includes. So it's really understanding those layers. It's also understanding all the nuances of what an application is and not being afraid to ask what that is. So it, it's kind of breaking down each piece of the environment. And I always say I'm a generalist. So I don't have a specific area that I specialize in when it comes to cybersecurity and audit I've hit all different areas. So I've done the business audits, I've done the financial audits because I came, I'm actually an accountant. Mm -hmm. And I accidentally came into IT and cybersecurity as I like to say it. And that's because I was getting my master's degree in IT while I was working at an internal audit department and the IT director came to me and says, you're now an IT auditor. And I looked at them (laughs) and said, how do you turn on a computer? Clearly I was joking, I knew Mm -hmm. how to turn on a computer, but I I didn't know what I was getting into, but I said, sure. Let's do it, and my first audit was a mainframe. I didn't even know what a mainframe was, right? I knew what a Unix box was because that's what I read in a book, but now they're throwing me at mainframe in the financial industry and I go, okay, so how do I look at these lists? How do I understand it? But I was not afraid to ask the question. So knowledge can be learned as much as you want from a book and, you, and learn and learn and learn. Experience is great, but not being afraid to ask the question, so you're not just checking the box, is tremendous because if you're not afraid to just look at a list and say, how do I really read this and have someone explain it to you versus taking last year's evidence, comparing it to this year's mm-hmm. evidence and saying, I have the same thing, we're good to go, and moving on, you're never really learning it. So how do you learn it? Learn what it's telling you. Mm-hmm. Learn why it's there and, and learn the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Why is that configuration in place? Why are we doing this user access review over here for this admin list? What is it related to? And then you'll find out what it really means, but you're also going to start learning about the environment, the technology and the people.
0: Okay. Now, when it comes to that, and and I think that's a good segue to my next question, which has to do what career advice do you have for others? People who are starting out in their careers or perhaps already in their careers, but from your perspective, what are some suggestions to enhance their career further?
1: Uh, Not to be afraid to ask questions. I I would sit there and say, ask questions every single day. Even if you're you're afraid of what may come out of it. Um, The only question that is silly or stupid is the one that's not asked at the end of the day. So ask questions. But for anyone who wants to break into the cybersecurity world, don't be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. It, it, You don't be afraid of what you don't know. Learn about it, dive into it, figure it out, right? I, I said it, I'm an accidental cybersecurity person. My career, I worked in, in consulting at Big Four Firm and I progressed nicely. I thought I was the SME in the room when it came to security. And then I worked at a cybersecurity company and I worked internally as the comp- head of compliance globally at a cybersecurity company. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was smarter at cybersecurity than I was. I worked with brilliant, brilliant people, but I wasn't afraid to ask the questions because I learned from them and they wanted to teach me. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You just got to find the right people willing to teach you. And then for any women that want to get into this industry, it's a great industry to be in. A lot of great people to work with. Finding the right mentor to help progress you is huge. Even for men, right mentor, right? Who's going to be the person that's going to help guide you and perform tell you or show you what's the right perspective to go to because you need somebody to go and ask the question to that says hey am i doing this correct <laughs> And and again, it's not bad to ask anyone, but if you have that trusted person that you can say, hey, is this the right direction I should go? Or do you see anything else I should be doing? That's something that's beneficial. It also gives you different aspects because they may tell you you should speak a little differently. Mm -hmm. Right. I worked with individuals who had certain accents and over time they were told, hey, it might be better if you didn't have that accent in certain areas because we worked in different parts of the country. It wasn't trying to remove who they were. It was because the people in other aspects of the country may not have understood them, Mm -hmm. right? So it's understanding your audience, but also figuring out not being afraid to learn and ask questions. And I couldn't say that enough probably.
0: Uh, really appreciate your insights on that because uh, career management is not a very important thing. And of course, we have learned over the last few years that we need to take ownership of that and benefit from the insights from other people who have walked this road before us. And uh, we can definitely benefit from all of those insights. So I think that the, the balance between technology or technological know-how, but also you mentioned quite a bit about soft skills and how important those become as well. Mm-hmm. So Shannon, thank you so very much for helping us better understand mm-hmm. how we can improve our career, what kind of skills we need to uh, work on and and, and hone in because part of what we are here to do is to serve our clients. Yes. Right. And and as much as we want to enhance our careers, uh, it's a service type environment and we will thrive if our companies thrive. So thank you very much for sharing your insights with us.
1: Thank you for having me.